All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The first selection of the National Hockey League draft belongs to the Daily Faceoff podcast. Comes to you courtesy of the Nation Network. The first overall pick in the 2015 NHL Draft. Gretzky had it, lost it, Eisenman picks it up. Eisenman holding, blue line, jam, stop! Stop! And it's 9 o'clock on a Saturday night as you're lining up for a ginger ale. Way to go, gang. Into the zone, Sikora kicks it out, got it back, near side, Korea. Korea, the fans want one. Daily Face-Off. The Daily Face-Off. The Daily Face-Off podcast with your host, Brock Sagan. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number 37 of the Daily Face-Off podcast. This is like episode 1-37 because I don't know if you guys know, but earlier today I started a new segment of the Daily Face-Off podcast called The Daily Dose with Brock Sagan. Yeah, I pay attention to, you, you, to what goes on. Did you listen? Because if you did, I you probably want some money. Then I gave it about five minutes, but like I'm, I don't play daily daily uh, fantasy sports yeah, not in yeah. shit you should have started tonight you would have won some money it was pretty the advice was solid the advice was there I mean, it was a two game slate it was pretty easy yeah well I guess I'll have to take your word for it I mean, anyways this is the daily face off podcast episode 1-37 my name is Brock Segan your host to my left I got Beebs Bondi Beebs hey I'm, uh, I'm here as you guys heard already and congratulations should go out to Beebs who just started writing for the hockey writers, congratulations! Yeah, pretty cool, thank you. Uh, open, uh, so check out my articles on there if you guys want, and uh, then pop back over to Daily Faceoff, of course, and check out some more stuff. But, yeah, yeah, it's a yeah. good start and uh, col- covering Colorado and fantasy hockey. So 
Nice. You know, I like to think I know a little bit about fantasy. If you ever, Enough to be on here, at least. If so. you ever need some advice on uh, who to pick up in fantasy, you let me know, and then I'll, I'll let yeah. you know who to let them know. I'm just <laughs> starting something beautiful. <laughs> and in Brantford, we got Dylan D. Berthium. How's it going, D? What's going on, Broccoli? Not much. Um, it's funny. I think we mentioned it to the listeners last year. I played in that silly-ass dart league last year, and I got out. Uh, this year, you know, it's just, yes. it had uh, too much of a hold on my life. Uh, but my dad texted me today. He's like, hey, man, like, my captain's missing tonight. Like, we, we need a good player. Like, you want to come play and uh, and spare for my team? I was like, I was like, oh, so full of darts, so. I was just like, oh, sure, dad. Like, definitely down. Like, go have a couple of proofs with my dad. That'll be fun. I get there. They just put me on some random ass team with just like three random girls that were just awful. Um, and we actually still won. The one girl had one of the most amazing shots I've ever seen in my life. So kudos to her. Um, but my dad was just so bitter, just like watching me play sick, and I'm just not on his team. He was pretty bitter. But that's probably hopefully my only dart appearance of the year. Um, you're only legally allowed one at yeah. The age I that should you're be at. yeah. No, yeah. I should. Uh, like far too young to be playing in a dart league. I walk in there every time. I'm like my God, what am I doing here? That's what I mean. uh, but it's all yeah, it's whatever. I just like, you know, it's fun to get out and hang out with the rents every now and again, but uh, hopefully not too many dirt appearances in my future here. Uh, but let's get into fantasy hockey, boys. We're a week into the season. It's been, uh, I think it kind of happens every year where it se- does not just seem like goals are up to start the year. No, it seems like goals are really up this year. Like, I mean, look at how many hat tricks we've had. We had, we've had, what, one shutout and... Two shutouts after last night and like well, six hat tricks. So I don't are know. we counting Ryan Miller's half shutout? <laughs> I mean, ish. Um, yeah, but I, it's definitely up. I mean, we've seen the numbers. Uh, I don't know them exactly, but they're definitely up in year compared to years past. Something I saw was like it's like second highest since. Oh, you did actually see a legitimate number. Oh yeah, they're up there. I feel like we're pulling a serious Dylan D. Berthium right now, where he like references like a, an article but doesn't actually have the article. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need to hit my Twitter up. And I got you. Uh, in the but, archives, that is the back of my mind. Yeah, it's somewhere just lurking in the back of his <laughs> yeah. mind. Like, I remember reading something about the something one time back in the day about something, but I have no idea what it was actually. Just enough to Google it and come across, right? Yeah, that's really all you need. But um, I guess the – I mean, we're a mo- – oh, sorry, I almost said a month in. We're definitely not a month in the season. We're a week into the NHL season, um, and I guess the one huge piece of news that's – kind of affected the fantasy and NHL landscape altogether is Jonathan Quick's injury. This is pretty much reminiscent of Carey Price a year ago, although Carey got 11 starts under his belt before uh, hitting the shelf. But it came across today that Jonathan Quick will not have to... He'll, he'll undergo a procedure, but it's like a non-surgical procedure, whatever that means. There's no um, way that's still a thing. procedure. Yeah, it's like a procedure that's <laughs> okay. non-surgical. I was just like, okay, got uh, it. Pretty sure that's not a thing, Doesn't but uh, right. anyways, he's expected to still miss oh three God. months, and the Kings are—they're, for lack of a better term, wow, you said it. <laughs> they're I mean, just like, we were thinking it. No, the I, I could three LA Kings. Yeah, dude, like watching Zakoff last night. Like I stacked up on the wild shots, on drafting. Five goals against. Yeah, like what are you doing, man? Yeah, I, I think I would have fared better. I don't. No, you don't think so? No, but at the same time. <laughs> There's a lot of people who would have fared better than Zach. Andre Pavlik being one of them. Yeah, think about it. I'm saying. LA, think about it. You know what I think is going to happen? And I and I don't think... What? What do you think? I don't think it's the <laughs> remedy. I don't think it's going to help them 
all Are you that much. Mraz? Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> Brock's wearing a fedora right now, quoting Jason Mraz right next to me. Jesus. Talking about the remedy. <laughs> Anyways, I think what they're waiting for, I think that like internally like, oh, this might be a, a thing to do that we could do really cheap and hopefully it helps, is they're waiting for Matt Murray to come back and for the Penguins to wave Mike Condon, and they're going to claim Mike Condon and hope that they can somehow work a Mike Condon, Jeff Zakoff duo wow. until until Quick gets back. Would be gross. The strategy and a half, eh? Just going all in on waiting for Mike Condon. Like, yeah. not even, like, let's roll with Mike Condon. Like, yo, let's wait for Mike Condon. Well, like, it's only going to be, like, a week, probably. Maybe two. Like, yeah. It's, like, it's not like they can just roll. But, you know, it's like Mike Condon, though, right? Yeah, no, I, dude, no, I know. Like, I'm not saying, <laughs> I'm not saying that this is a good strategy by any stretch of the imagination. I'm just saying. I don't that, think there's a good strategy out there for them right now. Yeah, like, but like honestly, they just need a league average goalie since that's all quick really is. Yeah. Um, Scott Maxwell, he's a kid that yeah. writes for uh, Wings Nation. He was actually kind of talking about because, like, I jokingly said, like, "Oh, it's trade him, Jimmy," and then everybody just like ripped me apart. They're like, "Dude, he makes too much money. He has too oh. much term." I'm like, I was like, <laughs> I'm just a Wings fan that wants to get rid of Jimmy Howard. Like, I'm not. I wasn't being serious. Like, no way they're gonna be like, "Oh, let's bring on this four and a half million dollar goalie that's gonna be our backup in a week or in a month." After but his 43 save win tonight, yeah, his uh, what stock a stock might be up. Yeah, maybe they'll just trade Quick for him, and Quick can be our backup. Straight up, one for one. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> no, but there isn't a strategy. I think like Pavlik's the only option. Like people are like, "When is Niemi or Letnin or Bishop gonna get traded there?" It's like that's not gonna happen. It's really just not <laughs> yeah. gonna happen. I mean, if it does, it's like I'll eat funny. my I'll eat my words, but like it's just not happening. Like. <laughs> Well, it's just definitely. I was like, no, it's not. Like, I saw so much shit today. It's like, well, theoretically, if this happens, or hypothetically, if this happens, like, how much value does this guy have? I'm like, why would you even ask that question? Like, why do you, like, why do you care how much value he has if he goes to the Kings when it's just not going to happen? Like, it's wasting your time. I'll talk about something. Yes, yeah, Rock's upset. I don't know. I'm not upset at all. I'm just. I don't can't know. talk about Mike Green all day. Yeah. <laughs> or Darren. You can sure as hell try. Do you want to start talking about Patrick Line, AD? No, that's all right. That was that's a low blow. Uh, that's what happens when you put a wings and a Leafs fan together. You know what, D? You missed the uh, the daily dose with Brock Zeke this morning. You should have heard how much I hyped up the Maple Leafs tonight. I was all in oh, yeah. on the Leafs. I was all in on Freddie oh, Anderson, and then he just yeah. shit. No, no, it, it worked out pretty well. I cashed in pretty big on DraftKings tonight, actually, but yeah. I lost money just late with uh, you know a blown four goal lead, but. Yeah, that'll happen, man. I know? still, like, I picked all the right leads Talk, tonight. Times to get up big and <laughs> shit the bed. Yep. Sometimes it just happens. That's the second huge comeback Winnipeg's got under their belt already this year. I like it. Yep. But uh, you boys ready to start talking fantasy? We're a, we're a week in here. It's, it's time to start really diving in. This is what we've been waiting for all summer. For the routine. The we've grind. Been, the yeah, usual. We've been, we've been speculating forever, and now it's time to dive in. I, I've been getting torched a little bit for some of my projections and shit. And I'm just like, people are like, how can you be like, like, why are you so, size. like, why were you so size. high on the Calgary Flames at the start of the season? Like, they're the worst team in the league. It's like, bro, they played two games, yeah. three games. Like, lay off, man. Like, they got 78 oh. games left. Come on. Yeah. No, I feel you. <laughs> people forget that, you know, we're only four games in and that that doesn't the one question oh, yeah, i plan on saying that a lot this episode the yeah. one the one i went in i went into <laughs> uh for you. to daily face off today and i went into the comment section is like hey if you guys have any fantasy hockey questions we will answer them on the show today 
And the one guy's question, like, it didn't make it to the show because it made me laugh, well, though. It was just like, when... Well, it is, it is now, but it was I, I didn't plan on putting it at the end of the show, but I thought I should bring it so up. It, it was just like, at the beginning. All right, well. It was just like, when do you, capital Y-O-U, because apparently my information means more than other people's use, but um, when do you push the panic button on your fantasy team? It's like, bro, we're a week into the season. Like, definitely not right now. Just blows it up. <laughs> like, it's like, you know, I'm dropping Tavares. Love we're done. We're just, it's, we're, it's a good question. Well, you know what I say to people is like, you know, like how you just have like a bad week in fantasy sometimes? Like, you know, that can happen in the first week, right? Exactly. He's <laughs> like, when do you start panicking? I'm like, well, um, definitely not week one. I rarely even drop anybody week one, but maybe that just is a result of good drafting. I don't know, but like definitely not hit the subtle panic button. A little horn tootage right there. Yeah, it's subtle. I'm just saying. Well, that's what I said though. Was that maybe it's good drafting. That's why I don't usually do it. But I don't know. It, uh, I, at like, least like three weeks. Like on Yahoo right now, like the first week isn't even over yet. Like you yeah, don't yeah. even know if you've lost yet. How could you ever be pressing the <laughs> panic button right now? Like unless you're like unless you went into the season with your goalies as like Jonathan Quick and like Mike Smith, it might be a time to push the panic button and goal. But that's it. Other than that, definitely not now. Should we talk about some guys, though, that people should pr- maybe press the panic button on? Yeah, we should. It's a good segue, Beeps. I like Felt it. good about it. That was a good segue, so we'll start with you. Mm-hmm. We're going to start the 2016-17 Fantasy Hockey Podcast season off with players that you're just ready to cut. And, I mean, obviously there's some players that you drafted in maybe the 16th round that are just shit and you're not going to keep around. That's not the guys we're talking about. <laughs> we're talking about guys you actually invested some decent stock into that you're fed up. You're pushing the panic button on them. Maybe you're not dropping them tomorrow, but you're probably ready to drop them by Saturday. Beebs, who are you looking at just cutting bait with right now? Um, just absolutely <laughs> cutting bait. <laughs> cutting bait. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hurt you right now, but I'm going to cut bait with Dylan Larkin right now. Oh. Um, and the reason I say <laughs> I this is... I say this. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> And, uh, and I say that for standard leagues, obviously non-keeper leagues. I didn't leagues. know he was going to say this. Um, and my thing about Dylan Larkin this year is he just Does has he not know? looked that good out of the gate. Um, he only has six shots in, across three games. He's a minus five. He has one assist, and he, uh, he got less than 14 minutes in his last game. And, and why I say this, as we mentioned, this is someone who, who's good. So uh, Dylan Larkin's actually 90% owned in Yahoo Leagues, which I kind of laugh at. actually. It's going down. Now. I kind of laugh going at because this is a guy, sorry, Brock, only had 45 points last year. 45 is great, but to be 90% owned, you need to have better than a 45-point year. I'm pretty sure you had 45 in like the first 45 games. Yeah, I thought so too. But um, see, that, that's just why, I mean, I, I, I like Larkin. I think he's a great player. I just think the sophomore slump's coming out this year. Uh, Detroit's not going to score a ton of goals, as they've kind of shown just a little bit. They've shown it a bit. But anyway. the Rangers, bro. I don't mean to keep ripping into them. Yeah, they beat them 2-1 on Jimmy Howard's 43 stops. To yeah, dude, they're terribly defensively, but they can, they can score some goals. Though. But um, yeah, anyways, anyone who leads the wings with 45 points and then gets drafted 90%, I don't like. So this is just someone that I'd say keep an eye on and, uh, and you know, yeah. You know, 45 points was good for sixth amongst all rookies last year, though, right? Like, that's yeah, what rookies I'll, do. No, they score 45 here's points the thing, though. I'm year. talking about standard leagues, not keeper leagues. So if it's a standard league, he's getting, weight, he's getting hyped with the superstars. 45 points is not a superstar. 
he's not a superstar. Nobody's calling him a superstar. He's, he's going to crack, crack 50 points this year. Yeah, I think it's too high. I just think it's too high. I just don't like 90% of so people. you're cutting him. him. You're cutting bait. Dylan Larkin, see I, ya. Again, I'm not like th- for this I'm not segment, cutting bait. Like 10-team totally leagues, I think him, for sure this but, guy's uh, getting the snips. Yeah, but yeah, I agree with you there. I just think, you know, you can put him on the borderline and just keep an eye on him because if he keeps getting 13 minutes and 50 oh, seconds right. like he did the other night. Yeah, just keep an eye. I'm on board. Come on board. I, I knew I was gonna have to battle Brock for it well, to get no, this like, one out, but you know what? I'll be I'll, and, and I'll be totally frank right now. Uh, be the, frank, see you in the first. To the first, <laughs> first, first three games, he doesn't look totally himself compared to last year, uh, specifically against Ottawa. But against Ottawa, the Larkin, Tatar, Zetterberg line dominated the Senators. Uh, everybody made a big deal about wow. the Leafs dominating. Senators, the Senators. Eh? Yeah, exactly. All of a sudden, wow, the, Sen- all of a sudden the Senators isn't a Never big mind. deal anymore. Screw it, we <laughs> Hey, if Mike Green can score against, a hat trick against the Senators, anybody can score four goals against the Senators. Hey, Mike Green's better than Dylan Larkin. I agree. <laughs> This is yeah. like the hottest takes to fire off this show here. Yeah. Uh, Gee, besides Dylan Larkin, who are you, since you're clearly on board with cutting your bait with right now, who you have you, to agree. Who are you so, ready to draw? I, I didn't even. I didn't even know you said. Um, okay, I'm looking at Oli Mata. Didn't know you were going to say that. <laughs> uh, Oli Mata sitting at 53% right now in Yahoo, so a much more reasonable guy to cut ties with. Although, as we uh, did uh, conclude, Dylan Larkin is trash. Um, <laughs> Jeez. Through four games, Mata is pointless and has played just 14 and a half minutes a night, which is last for Penn's D-man. And to put it in perspective a little bit more, it's almost a full two minutes behind Justin Schultz. Um, <laughs> so the optimism surrounding this former first-rounder is quickly starting to fade. He registered just 19 points in 67 games last year when he played nearly five more minutes a night than he has so far this season. That's a massive amount of ice. Uh, and even strength last year, he had a negative relative Corsi. Just about everyone he played with had stronger possession numbers away from him. But more so, when we're talking about fantasy, it's the lack of power play time that's killing him. Hasn't sniffed the power play yet this year, and until he does, he's not worth being rostered. Really, like, really hasn't sniffed the power play, like, at yeah. all. Like, ever. I actually don't think he's seen a minute, but I'll get on that right now. Well, like, it's he's not going to see a minute over Latang. And then the daily. Are they still Schultz. putting Malkin Schultz? Back Schultz there? is playing over him. Oh yeah, especially on the power play. Like, and yeah. Mata like is Mata is like always been overvalued to me. Like I've never touched Mata in fantasy. I never. He always. I never really understood it. Like he's, he's a good still young. He, he's I mean, still. I think it was young. just the situation he, he was coming into. I just right? think like he's really good defensively. Like he's a solid. Def- he's, yeah, he's a solid yeah, defensive no, player. He's just not re- like he's not like a an offensive guy. Like he he has offensive capabilities, but he's not yeah. like. 56 seconds of power play time. In four games? Yeah. Latang has 13 minutes and 30 seconds for comparison. So it's a, it's a lot of power play time. Woo! Yeah. So I, I don't know. know if, like, he just snuck onto the ice for 56 seconds. But, uh, <laughs> it's like, hey, get back realize. here. It was, it was, <laughs> not Justin Schultz. It was a five on three, and he got out of the box to take that last Yeah. Time. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened for sure. But uh, the guy I'm cutting bait with, I don't know why I keep saying that. I don't think I've ever said that. You gotta lay off that bait card. You're really just beating that. I've beaten the drum. Beating the bait. But uh, the guy I'm cutting ties with is uh, (laughs) Boone Jenner, 76% owned. Jenner had 30 goals. Ties with Jenner had 30 goals last year, but uh, 2016 17 really hasn't gone off the start that anybody was hoping for Jenner. Uh, he has no points and a minus five rating. I don't really want to. 
touch on on plus minus too often, but touch it. Uh, he was a minus four in this season opener, which is just gross. Um, yeah, and all, all, all of, like already, so he played like 17 minutes in the opener, saw his minutes cut, probably played I think three less minutes in the second game. And John Tortorella already has him playing on the fourth line heading into tomorrow. <laughs> so John Tortorella is obviously trying to John send a Tortorella's message. Tortorella's cut bait with him. Yeah, he's pissed. Uh, but the problem really with Jenner is that his average draft position was the 10th round, which is uh, way too high just to begin with. And then now all of a sudden he's just not producing, which isn't surprising. He had 30 goals and 19 assists last year. He really wasn't... I don't like. I don't think Jenner has any chance to improve on those numbers. Like That's his max. He's not that great. That team's not that great. And... Yeah, if you wasted a tenth, if, if you wasted a tenth round pick on Boone Jenner, I'm sorry, you, should, you that was bad. That was a really bad decision. So I'm ready to cut him. Maybe not today. I maybe give him a game. But if he plays in the fourth line tomorrow and plays nine minutes, I'm done. See you later. Bye, Boone. Let somebody else pick you up. You'll go right back to the waiver wire we started last year, and all of a sudden somehow scored thirty goals. Wow, a lot of Jenner hate, but yeah, whatever. Aggressive. I but uh, sorry, go ahead, D. What I was just doing? saying he's got to shoot the puck more. Uh, he had 225 shots last year. He, he sure he's did. Got, he got two so far this year. Yeah, I feel like anybody who just plays under Tortorella, no. their fantasy value just you know unless your name is Brandon Dubinsky. Yeah, but uh, yeah, there's just not a lot of playmaking options on Columbus right there. And uh, already, yeah, Boone, you know, not the best with the puck. Pretty good off the puck, but uh, needs someone to get it to him. Yeah, like so, it's uh, just. Tenth yes, round pick just boggles my brain. Yeah, no, yeah, I hear you. No. Um, but these are guys that we're ready to just really get rid of. Beeps, who's a guy who his own percentage is modest, but he's he's really entering the must own category. Like if he's on free agents in your league, you got to go and get this guy right now. Who is a, who available in not maybe not most leagues, but a lot of leagues that you really just you're at right now. Um, Kyle Turris is my guy. And uh, and as I mentioned, Larkin was ninety percent owned. Kyle Turris is thirty nine percent owned. So stupid. Soak that in. The, so dumb. The starting center who plays every important minute for Ottawa is thirty nine percent owned in fantasy yeah, leagues. He wins the faceoffs to Eric Carlson. Isn't that enough? Exactly. That's all it takes to get assists and points <laughs> in fantasy things. I, on, I honestly, when I read this I, on Yahoo, I could not believe it. Yeah, um, it's ridiculous. Turris hasn't played under twenty minutes in any games yet this year. That's pretty pretty impressive for a forward, especially for fantasy. Um, he has four points in four games, and he's their, he's their top power play center, as mentioned. And he wins the faceoffs back to Eric Carlson, like D said. And uh, honestly, that could that, that could get you 10 points in a year just right there, added on to whatever he's going to normally do. Um, I don't think he's getting in the respect. Well, I know why he's not, and it's because of his injury last year. Yeah, it's he, ridiculous. He was on and off, and people just kind of cut ties, and people love to hate Kyle Terrace for no reason. Dude, um, he's unreal. Yeah, he had 64 points did, and 58 bro. points the years before. That's uh, average that out. We're, we're at about 61 there. And anyone who can average 61 points across two years, I think he can easily do it again, especially playing on that top line again. Um, with Carlson, with Mark Stone, who looks great, Hoffman. Uh, I mean, there's some scores out in Ottawa, and I think Kyle Terrace is, uh, is someone who needs to be more respected than 39% owned. Can I just mention that Kyle Terrace's average draft position was 170? Yeah, that Which hurts. is ridiculous. That just hurts me. If you read the Daily Faceoff draft kit, he came in at the 76th ranked player. Yeah. Daily Faceoff gets it. Well, honestly, what I think it is, like, for people drafting fantasy teams, draft guys who are on the first line. They're going to get He's so the guys good. who are for sure getting those minutes. You take those guys because no matter what, you know, it's like Ricard Panic out in Chicago. If he's playing with Taze in the top line, he's going to get points for doing nothing. Anyways. 
for what it's worth, I had Turris projected at 26 goals, 36 assists. That's not a guy that should be 39% no, owned. I agree. I, I 100% agree. So, I, I drafted him in a league. I'm, I'm in a league where it's not even a deep league, and I drafted Turris, like, fairly early. Yeah. He's so good. I'm not happy about it. No. It's ridiculous. We're just, we're fired up. We're fired up. I think the season started. We're just, we're juiced. We're ready to go. This is probably the most fired up I've been on the show ever. Yeah. I am just lit right now. Ready yeah. to go. D. Who are you ready to just moss no one? Like, who are you just like, oh, who do you want? Oh, to fire up Brock even a little bit more. Oh, stop it. Listeners. Get out of here. But uh, yeah, I'm going to talk about Mike Green oh, for a second. Oh, my God. Yeah, yes. It's 2016, and this is a fantasy hockey podcast. We're going to talk about Mike Green. Yes. Um, 56% owned right oh, now on Yahoo. This. And to me, he really should be more kind of that 75, 80% mark. Got another assist tonight. Six points through the first three-plus games, four games now. <laughs> three-plus, uh, four. When I wrote this, they were still playing. Um, <laughs> but he's playing major minutes so far. He's averaging over 23 minutes a night. Uh, registered 35 points in 74 games last year, playing four less minutes a night. So I don't know if we'll see it as much as 23 throughout the season, but any type of jump, even like a two-minute jump, like that's pretty sizable. That'll lead to a lot more production and even strength over the course of a season. Um, so we'll see if that usage continues, but he's seen by far the most usage on Detroit power play, which is something oh, yeah. that's not going to change anytime soon. And honestly, that power play has looked pretty good in its limited chances so far. I'm sure Brock will go off about it right now. <laughs> yeah, I will a little bit. Um, no, the Red Wings power play has looked good. Green <laughs> is absolutely by far, hands down, the best defenseman on the Red Wings, offensively yeah. and I was defensively. About to say in the league. And I no, was no, 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 no. The the Red Wings need Mike Green to be um, Bobby Orr and Nick Lidstrom all rolled into one because <laughs> their blue line is trash and Mike Green is the only thing that they got going for that blue line. But the one stat I'm sure you guys have seen, I'm sure a lot of people listening have seen, dating back to last March, including you said he had an assist tonight, right? Yeah. Okay, so dating back to last March um, in – Mike Green's last 24 regular season games, he has 20 points. Six goals, 14 assists. That is good for fifth among defensemen in the NHL, only behind Brent Burns, Chris Letang, Eric Carlson, and Mark Giordano. Ahead of Roman Yossi, Dougie Hamilton, Shatker, Buffalo, and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Everyone else, yeah. I was going to name everybody, but just the guys that were right behind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Even yeah. Dougie Hamilton was kind of surprising there. I know he finished the year strong last year, but I, I agree totally. Sorry, I just want to reiterate, what was his own percentage again? 56. Nice. Yeah. It was so funny. Briefly, while we're talking about Mike Green, I had to write the uh, the post-game article for Wings Nation uh, the night that he scored the Hattie, so I obviously went off about how awesome Mike Green is, blah, 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 blah. But then, like, it was, like, midnight, and for some reason, my brain just, like, thought that he was number 52, like he was in Washington, which, obviously, we all know that number 52 is everybody's favorite whipping boy in Detroit, Jonathan, Jonathan Anderson. So I literally, some for some reason, I wrote something along the lines, like, uh, dished it back to the point where number 52 ripped home his first career hat trick or something along those lines. And I just got called out, like, yeah, like, Jonathan Erickson certainly did not score a hattie, nor would he even if he was playing a novice hockey. But um, I just – it made me laugh. Like, I just – Classic it, case it, of a Wings it, fan taking a chance to just rip Jonathan Erickson. Yeah, just in my brain, I was I'm just calling like – you out by – Just in my brain, I was just thinking, like, man, could you imagine Jonathan Erickson scoring a hat trick? I've been, like, expecting more out of the seventh-best defenseman on your team. Yeah, oh, yeah. 
Beyond Blue. No, he seven. I I can't even like. I don't think I've ever even used like. You know what? I'm not, I'm not gonna go off on a tangent with the rings, but I don't think yeah, I've don't ever used. It. I don't think I've it's ever. It's like used me them. complaining about Matt Martin not scoring. No, 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 no. I'm not. Mark I'm Ryan's not even complaining. I just an offensive role. All I was just to say. I don't think like, you just said seventh best. Seventh best defenseman. I don't even think I've ever used the word best and Erickson in the same sentence. I'd be like, he is our worst defenseman. Well, yeah, it's obviously <laughs> easier to go the other way around. But oh Christ. Uh, but uh, my must-own right now is Mika Zibanejad, who scored uh, a goal against the Red Wings tonight. I was high Jeez. on Zibanejad coming into the season. I know, I, I think it was higher. you, Beebs, that said Zibanejad oh, was a, a sleeper head. I of the did year. say that, yeah. So we obviously talked about him, obviously, on this podcast also, already. Um, Big fan. But not a lot of people listen to the podcast, I guess. Not a lot of people were listening to me and you talk about how good Zibanejad yeah, was. Because uh, his ADP was 167. I had him ranked at 109, so at least four or five rounds earlier than he was actually going. He was also listed as my number 30 center. Uh, so he was a low-end number two, high-end number three. And if you drafted him as such, he's going to easily be a number two center this year. Uh, he has a goal and three assists. Actually, now he has two goals and three assists in his first four games of the season. Uh, he's shown great chemistry with Chris Kreider, uh, Pavel Buchnevich, or however you say that guy's name, and Rick Nash. They've kind of split time on the wing thanks to Buchnevich's injury. Uh, but the 23-year-old, is we talked about it before, right, D? 24 years old, that's when you have your best years? Yeah, uh, generally speaking. Generally speaking. Uh, Zibanejad is 23, so he's entering his prime years. Uh, he's playing massive minutes on the Rangers' top line and top power play. And his dual position eligibility, center and right wing, is, mm. is obviously just a tasty mix. Oh, it's great. Um, and then Zibanejad, I don't know, this was before tonight's game against the Red Wings, but he is uh, Corsi 4 was 60.4. And somehow, as good as him and Kreider have been, their PDOs were both hovering around 86. D, I'm not as big in analytics as you are, but uh, how much stock can you put into like a PDO this early in the year? Uh, none, really. Uh, well, I mean... Like, the thing is, like, one really bad game uh, for, like, uh, like say if, you know, they were on the ice for, whatever, a few goals against, like, that's going to obviously uh, drop down the your even strength save percentage when you're on the ice significantly, right. which is the other factor that adds into PDO. Uh, there's on a, your team's on-ice shooting percentage when you're on the ice and save percentage. So if the goalie has a bad game or two, that'll really drive down a PDO. So like a, you can look into that. Like You can see the different splits of, like, how much the uh, save percentage is driving it or deterring it and, right you know, vice versa. i guess a 7-4 game against the sharks would probably mess up a couple pdos in the, in, in yeah the no definitely yeah because if you get caught on the ice for a few of those goals like it's gonna look bad early on so um, like generally speaking when would you maybe start taking some actual stock into some pdos like a couple weeks like in? uh if you see like some pretty big disparity after like 15 games between like a pdo and a possession and kind of the shots produced and what's uh like kind of the outcome of what you're getting of it uh, I would say anywhere between like 10, 15 games is enough, like to kind of try to base off a trend. Obviously, it's still a very small sample size, but when you're looking, uh, at basically trying to just project lottery picks, which is what we're doing with the guys on the waiver wire, right? Like, yeah. Uh, so like you're you're looking for any sort of upside at all, and I yeah, so I think at least ten games you need before you can really look for those sort of trends. Because yeah, I was a little surprised. Like I I I've thought about how like it was, it's still too early to think about. I just was just surprised to see a Corsi four of sixty and a, a PDO of eighty six. Right, and, and then it just made no sense to me. Yeah, uh, and then yeah, like the other thing is obviously their puck possession has been good, but like the fact that they're producing could also just be coming from special teams too, right? Which is yeah, yeah, good. for sure. D, since you're already uh, going off here, we'll stick with you. Who is somebody that? So we just talked about guys that you like. If they're on the, on your waiver wire, you should pick them up absolutely. 
who are maybe some guys that are their own percentage is a little lower. Maybe if you have room for them, pick them up now, or somebody that you should just keep an eye on going. Uh, yeah, forward. I well, you know, just if you know, like you got a guy, uh, you know, like a Matt Murray that you threw got to throw on the IR, he just finally got put on the IR, so you have an empty yeah. spot or whatever. Um, definitely not. I don't know if he's worth like rostering over anyone potentially above him, but I think Artem Anisimov is definitely worth a look right now. Um, and it's pretty simple reasoning. It's pretty obvious. He's centering Patrick Kane and Artemi Panarin. He did it for the majority last year, uh, both at even strength and on the power play, which is pretty crucial, obviously. Uh, he's fourth amongst Hawks forwards right now in power play minutes and even strength minutes, uh, just behind Jonathan Taves on both fronts. Um, not a ton of offensive skill, obviously, which has limited his production to this point in his career, but a solid possession player. And honestly, like, if he's skating in Kane's vicinity, he needs just like a little bit of luck to be like yeah. a really legit fantasy player. Um, so I, I just think it's not a terrible flyer for a guy sitting at just 19% owned right now in Yahoo. Uh, obviously, Panarin has more skill than he does, but you saw like what kind of playing with Patrick Kane over a full season can do. Like I said, uh, and he saw did too last year, but he, he wasn't terrible by any means yet. I think he 22 goals and something like that. Yeah, yeah I know I even rostered him in like a bigger league last year and was yeah, um, I mean, yeah, and even like 2020 is not bad in a big league, right? And like, a, even if you're just looking at a spot start, like this is a guy that's gonna play 19 minutes with Patrick Kane, so uh, just always potential to get on the score sheet, I think. And uh, if we're talking upside, like, I don't think it's much more than like 55 points. Yeah. But uh, you never know. But at the end of your roster, that could be... Uh, that could exactly, be nice. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah like last but, year was uh, almost a career high in points, which I, the fact that last year playing with Kane wasn't a career high says to me that there's still room for him to maybe not like improve as an overall player, but yeah. just pick up more points. More than anything, too, he's seen more power play time in Chicago than he had previously. Yeah, like he scored 22 goals uh, with Columbus in 2013-14, away, like obviously away from Kane. So I think, like, if he can do it away from those top-caliber players, playing with them should only help him be, you know, at least a 2020 player again, where if you're in a daily league, like, and it's a quiet night where the Blackhawks are playing, he's a nice guy to throw in your lineup because you're probably going to pick up some, you know, a couple points here and there. Yeah, I mean, for sure. That line went off last night, obviously, right? Oh, they were just ridiculous. Yeah, and, you know, he didn't have as much as they did, but he still had four points. Yeah, (laughs) not a big thing. Which I... Which is, like, probably even for the rate, right? Like, if Panarin and Kane get six points, he'll probably get four. Yeah. <laughs> Which, is like I said, is fine for a guy at 19%. Oh, right? absolutely. Definitely worth a flyer. Uh, Beeps, who are you looking at just kind of either taking a flyer on or keeping your eye on right now? Um, for me, it is uh, it's someone out in Columbus, which I never thought uh, earlier I said don't touch anyone in Columbus fantasy-wise, but um, it's maybe the one bright spot that's actually came in Columbus in two games. It's Zach Wierenski. He's 23% owned, and for those of you who have never heard that he name... He is, uh, he's actually a huge stud um, playing over with Seth Jones on the first pair yep. in Columbus. And he's also playing first-line power play, which uh, which is pretty huge for anyone uh, fantasy-wise, just in general, that you're going to get some points regardless. He's played in only his two games. He's averaged 21 minutes. He has a goal and an assist. He has nine shots from the point. And for rookies, they're normally pretty hesitant to shoot that puck right away. So you got to like the uh, the ability to get that puck through into the net. So um so yeah, um, Zach Wierenski's my guy. Just kind of keep an eye on him. And for a lot of a lot of people have trouble with their their fourth uh, D man or mm-hmm. say their third D man, their last guy who they always have on the edge. Um, and this is definitely a guy you can look to fill in if you have someone you're not too comfortable with on your team. Um, so I definitely like Zach Wierenski. Uh, 
would suggest keeping an eye out for him, of course. Uh, and yeah. if he progresses, he's he could be um, he could be the point guy out in Columbus as far as uh, the, the defensive end goes. Yeah, I spoke about him earlier in the year, just as maybe a guy to keep an eye out through eye on throughout training camp because it wasn't like a certain thing that he was going to – sorry, I almost pulled your ear out there. That's my okay. bad. Uh, a guy that wasn't certain to make the the Blue Jackets roster. Now that he has, he's playing monster minutes. They absolutely love him. He's super exciting. Uh, he has a chance to score 40 points in his rookie year, in my opinion, which like I think Seth Jones and him are the only thing that that team really has going for it this year. Uh, I was I was high on Oliver Bjorkstrand heading into the year two in Columbus, but he is off to a slow start. Wierenski, though, is a guy for sure. If you have anybody just like borderline as your fourth, fifth defenseman, you ha- and Wierenski is available, you have to pick him up like immediately. He's almost like a must own category type of guy right now, um, yeah, in, in terms of a bottom guy defenseman in fantasy. Um, and then real quickly before we get to the break and the Blue Stones, of course, uh, someone who should be on your radar slash maybe pick up. For me, is Jonathan Marcheseau. Uh, he's 16% owned in Yahoo leagues. Uh, we spoke about Marcheseau getting prime ice time while Jonathan Huberto was out earlier, a couple episodes ago or an episode ago, whenever it was. Uh, and he's had, he's made good on that ice time so far, collecting two goals, two assists, four points in three games. He's averaging an absurd 18.44 per game um, of ice time, and it's not like. He's going to be just playing with Barkov and Yaga for a short period of time. I mean, Huberdeau is out for months. Um, So, Marcheseau has been a quality goal goal scorer uh, in the AHL and in minor hockey as well. He's proven to be a quality goal scorer. So, just given that chance, he's looked good so far. Just needed the shot. Yeah, he's definitely, like, even last year, he was a guy that I would take, like, a a punt play on in in daily fantasy because he's got a good knack for scoring goals. And playing with Barkov and Yager is definitely going to help. They are possession beasts. And Marceau, if you're in a deeper league, is definitely a guy worth owning. Uh, I think right now on Yahoo, he's only listed as a center, but it's only a matter of time before he gets wing eligibility as well. Uh, but we're going to take a break. Fire it over to the Blue Stones. Of course. God, they're good, eh? I know. God, I love the Blue Stones. <laughs> and then when we get back, we'll talk about a couple teams that have impressed us so far, a couple teams that have disappointed us, and, of course, we'll get to your fancy questions before, once again, fire it to our boys, the Blue Stones. Enjoy the song. See you guys back here in one minute. Tight. So what's the situation, Have you made your mind up?
Welcome back to episode 37 of the Daily Faceoff podcast. I'm your co-host Dylan Berthium. As always, hope you're enjoying the show so far. Hope you're enjoying those sweet licks from the Blue Stones. Uh, but right now, it's time for our first injury report of the 2016-17 NHL season. Brought to you by none other than yours truly, your favorite host of the Daily Faceoff podcast. <laughs> sounded like Aaron. Wow. What a, what a resume I've got. Eh? Take Take it away. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, bear with me because it's the start of the year. So this is an, a lengthy, lengthy injury report. So I'm going to rip through it as quickly as I can. Uh, we'll start with some minor injuries and get to some of the more substantial ones that you've probably already heard of. But we'll start out in St. Louis where Yori Laterra was placed on IR today with an upper body injury. Uh, that's a guy that plays with Vladimir Tarasenko that everybody thinks is eventually going to be good and never is good, so don't worry about it. <laughs> Jamie McGinn was also placed on IR with an upper body injury. He's still awaiting his uh, Coyotes debut. It sounds like he's probably going to miss um, the rest of the road trip, which I think is five more games. So he's More like expe- Jamie McGonna miss some time. Yeah, right? got him. Nice. He's right. Also in Arizona, Mike Smith, to nobody's surprise, at all left last night's game with a lower body injury. He's Mike day-to-day. Smith, still in the league, eh? Yeah, he just just misses time, just goes to IR oh. and collects paychecks. Yeah. Uh, but Something he's new. also not expected to play on the rest of the road trip. So they turn to Louis Domingue and Justin Peters as their goaltending tandem. So expect Domingue, the Coyotes legend. to lose a lot. Uh, Jonathan Quick, <laughs> as I mentioned earlier, will not yeah. undergo surgery, but he'll undergo a procedure that's non-surgical, which whatever that means, he's expected to miss about three months, so good luck. Um, he might... I don't know if anybody misses their goal. T- like, what is more important to a team? Was it Carey Price to the to the Canadians? Or Price. Jonathan? Yeah, okay. Price. No doubt about Price. it? Yeah. No, yeah. Well, I'm, yeah. yeah. I mean, the Kings this year kind of suck. That's anyway. the thing. Like, I think like any other year, the Kings could have gotten over this. But like this year, they're also just Well, yeah, shit. any other year, they had a capable backup goalie. Too. And just like um, they had a decent team. And this year, there's shit, no yeah. backup, and whatever. They're done. They yeah. are But done. no, like the them over the last few years have just been way better at shot suppression. So like the... Also, like, uh, Carey Price stops saves at an elite rate, and Jonathan yeah. Quick doesn't. So. No, dude, it's so funny when I tweet out, like, Top the shot. Kings lines, they're just like, everyone on Twitter is just like, what the f*** are these? These are terrible. <laughs> they're just so bad. Like, they're the yeah. worst team ever, but they're not actually. I'm sorry, I've been dropping way too many F-balls. Yeah, you just I'm just too fired up today. into I, the Kings again. Anyways, I'm going to just move it along. Michael Raffle, also not good, will miss 10 to 14 days with an abdominal strain. The big part about that injury is that Braden Shen has served his suspension. He will just casually slide right back in to the Flyers lineup on the first line with Claude Giroux and Wayne Simmons. The good news is Travis Konechny owners get to see him stay in the Flyers' top six while Raffle just is out for 10 to 2 weeks. Good news for me. 10 days to 2 weeks, not 10 weeks to 2 weeks. 10 days to 2 weeks. Anyways. Chris Letang, um, he's probably in the category with Mike Smith as always injured and the most featured player on this Daily Faceoff podcast. You should report. really only make the report when he's healthy. Yeah. I was like, oh, surprise, surprise, Letang playing tonight. Uh, but anyways, Chris Letang is day-to-day with an upper body injury. Really that? nothing further. He, uh, who knows? Could be out all year, but probably not. <laughs> uh, Brian Little. Day-to-day. Is, day-to-day. <laughs> Letang is just like living day-to-day, like for, for yeah. real. Like he is just yeah. so unhealthy. Uh, but Brian Little out indefinitely with a lower body injury. He's gone for a while. Don't worry about Brian Little. You can drop his ass. Um, 
And then when Lars. he comes back, just hopefully you pick him up before somebody else does. Evander came on several weeks with three That's cracked right. ribs. Uh, that guy went just absolutely flying into the boards, busted up some ribs. He gone. Yeah, didn't look good. Uh, same team, Jack Eichel. We all know this. Busted up ankle. Some, I don't know. It's Nobody says. It's just ankle. Just, that's it. It looked like it just shattered. It just looked like he was just done. Uh, but he's going to miss probably somewhere around six to eight weeks. So good luck filling that spot in your fantasy roster. Put him on IR. Pick up Jonathan Marcheseau or somebody Artem- along those lines. Artem- Victor Artem- Rask. There's some bodies. Artem Anisimov. Artem Anisimov. Uh, and then a couple more injuries. Some of the bigger name guys. We're actually getting to some good news here. Let's just let's just brighten up this injury report. Patrice Bergeron on track to play on Thursday after missing the first three games of the Bruins season. Jaden Schwartz, dislocated elbow, also expected to return earlier than originally expected. He's expected to play Thursday as well. And Carey Price, who's missed the first three games with the super flu, is hopeful that he'll play Thursday, which means Carey Price will probably play Thursday seven pounds lighter than he was a week ago. But still, probably the first or second best goalie in fantasy hockey. That's the injury report. Yeah, that was a long one. That was long. I'm sorry. That was five minutes of just me talking about people that are hurt. God, people have so much shit to do during the day. How can they have five minutes to listen to me rant about injured people? Don't remind them. They'll make time. If they they care, they make time. You got a second half to put it out here. All right. It's going to be turned off. Beebs, let's start with you then, bro. (laughs) Which team in the first week, small sample size ever, yeah. has impressed you so far? Um, team that's impressed me is someone who you're just talking about on the injury report, Montreal Canadiens. Um, they have looked pretty phenomenal, although missing, as we mentioned, Carey Price, their biggest weapon. Um, so first three games, and uh, when it was first announced that Price would miss a couple of games, I expected them just to lose every game that he was not playing. Instead, they went on to win two and lose one in overtime. And uh, at the same time, they scored 11 goals, had five against. Um, that's best for second best in the league, only uh, only being beat by Washington, who uh, stacked that number by shutting out Colorado last night. But, um, yeah, Montreal's looked great. 11 goals, four or five against. Radulov hasn't really stepped up quite yet. It looks like he's just slowly getting comfortable out there. So you got to uh, gotta got to like that. Pacioretty's looked pretty good to start. Um, real good. It just—I I don't know. In general, they—they—they they, they have looked like a lot more complete of a team than obviously last year, where they were just in shambles. And once Carey Price comes back, I just only expect them to be that much better. So, riding Al Montoya for three games and getting five points out of it—it's pretty phenomenal. Good on you, Montreal. It's—it's uh, it's good to see you guys. A guy we shit on earlier in the show was Mike Condon, and the real improvement. <laughs> that the Canadians made was, was bringing in Al Montoya yeah. instead of Mike Condon. Who would have thought? So much more capable. Uh, but yeah, I hate Montreal, but they have impressed. Yeah. Al Montoya is, I actually like, he's good. Montreal does he's often, such a good backup. They do often start really good. Um, they're kind of like Vancouver where they always just seem to get out of the gate fast and then, you know, what happens throughout that the That team is happens. a farce. So, 3-0? Anyways, um, yeah. So who impresses you, D? Um... Well, keep in mind, I began working on this when the Leafs were up four goals. Um, Well, I'm going to talk about the Buds real quick. (laughs) Uh, Real quick, just uh, 56% Corsi rating for the first two games. Good for second in the league. Small sample sizes be damned. Kids are a lot of fun to watch. The outrageous amount of skill this team has is starting to show. They could indeed threaten for a playoff spot. 
Uh, but if I was to be serious... I was going to um, say, there's no way that could be your most impressive, though. I mean, it's three games, man. Like, I... <laughs> The Blues and Bolts have looked pretty good. Uh, the Canucks are somehow undefeated despite not yeah. scoring a power play goal, which is strange as shit. Um, yeah, so there you go. That's it. Okay. Uh, what do you want me to say? It's three games, man. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, the team that's impressed me the most, though, is the Florida Panthers. I expected Florida to struggle out of the gate without Huberto and Bugstad, which I assume a lot of other people did as well. Uh, but they played really well so far. They're 2-0-1. They're averaging three goals per game, 1.67 goals against. Marchessault, Trocek, and Sevier have really stepped up among the likes of Barkov and Yager. Uh, and we haven't even seen them really get any contributions from the likes of Riley Smith, Aaron Ekblad, or, Yandel, or Keith Yandel. Uh, I speak to that as... Offensive contributions, uh, I've, I've watched a few Panthers games. Ekblad and Yandel have played very well, uh, but offensively they have no points. Uh, and Luongo's played great out of the gate as well. Reimer looked, yeah, in his debut, tough matchup with, uh, yeah. with the Lightning. But I expect that Tam to be real, real strong. They're going to use Reimer um, probably about 30, 35 games, I think, this year. Really keep Luongo fresh. And I think that they are going to be a dangerous duo. I Luongo's think that this, I think that they're a team... Like a duo or team, whatever you want to talk about, they're a team that can challenge for that William M. Jennings Trophy at the end of the year for the lowest uh, goals against in the league. I really like the Florida Panthers as much as it pains me to say because they're in the Atlantic. Um, but those are teams that have impressed us. Beebs, there's got to be a team out there that's just like, yeah, not doing it for you. Um, yeah, and um, there definitely is, and I have to. Uh, I'm keeping it all Canadian this episode, and I'm gonna oh, go. Yeah. With, I'm gonna go with Calgary on this one, um, and might have some people upset with me. Calgary has won a game; they're four games in, but they've also had 17 goals scored against them, and uh, and their one win. Not to take anything away from it, Calgary fans is a great win. Um, they beat an injured Buffalo team. Acaposo was back, but he's still not Kyle Acaposo. Um, there's no Jack Eichel. That team's kind of anyone should be beating Buffalo right now. Um, my one thing that mostly has not impressed me with Calgary is Brian Elliott, obviously. People pe- uh, people expected, you know, Calgary finally has a goalie, and in his first two starts, he's put up an 818 save percentage Just and an over shit. five goals against. That's uh, pretty unacceptable. Again, those were two starts, though, that were against Connor McDavid and the Oilers, but also it was against Connor McDavid and the Oilers, so there's going to be better teams coming his way. Yeah, Connor um, McDavid and the Oilers time. haven't done... Well, Connor McDavid specifically hasn't yeah. done shit against anybody other than Brian Elliott. Yeah, and then also uh, Johnny Hockey and Sean Monaghan, both two players have kind of underperformed. Terrible. Um, Goudreau only has two assists, which really uh, in four games is not what you expect from your superstar and someone that you paid that much in the offseason to keep. And then Sean Monaghan, two goals, and both of these guys are minus players. Just in Calgary right now, it think, seems like things are uh, going a lot more backwards than they should be. Um, I just, you know, it's, it could turn around. It's I think this is around, still a good team. But uh, it's just, you know, it's scary off the bat. I don't like yeah. the start. I think I was maybe a little too high on Brian Elliott in the preseason. Yeah. But, yeah. They're still Eat a playoff team in my in my eyes. Yeah, we'll see. Ugly start. I don't think so. Terrible start. Defensively, they look like they're missing something, and I don't want to say it's but Chris, like, Chris re- Russell. But, but no, it's definitely not Chris Russell. I don't know. But There's no way it can be. That top three like, is so good. Like Hamilton, Brody, and and uh, Giordano. Yeah. It's and then so they, good. They play and, Brody and then after that, and then Engeland, Engeland's yeah. out there. As, like, of practice, uh, as of practice today or yesterday, I believe it is, uh, I believe it is yesterday well, um, they should be Brody fine. and Giordano were moved up together so yeah no, they, they have been I mean, we together. talked about it Weidman when they're playing 
when they're playing half the game together, like they li- there's literally a massive difference for that team when they're on the ice and they're not. Oh so, yeah, oh yeah. Absolutely. Putting one of them with England is just like the biggest anchor. Dude, that guy should be gone. That guy yeah, should be in the ECHL. He's brutal. Yeah, they brought him back because he's like you know his favorite. Everyone likes England, but he's not roster eligible. I don't. No, think. he's terrible. No, I mean, he's a, he's an anchor. I tweeted it out a week ago and everybody loved it. Thought it was hilarious. Derek he's a, Ankler. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good Sorry. one. I like that. D, who have you been disappointed by through the first week of the season? Uh, they've probably had enough attention on this episode as it is, but uh, i got to talk about the Kings. Um, the mighty are sure falling fast. Sure Quick are. is hurt. The real story for me is the Kings firing just 25 shots a game, giving up 29 so far. Um, it's very unKing-like. Yeah, I, on, it's honestly, it's, it's a long season, obviously, but... Uh, uh, definitely a disappointing three-game slide to start the year, um, and it you know it, it doesn't seem like the changes to their roster are going to be beneficiary to them throughout the season. And uh, you got to imagine the morale can't be too high with uh, Quick being injured. They all think he's really good. So Daryl Sawyer's walking around super angry all the time. <laughs> Just more angry than he normally is. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it's not really uh, super it's not really a change super of pace. Super yeah. bitter. Uh, but yeah, they're just. Their, their lineup, I'm not going to talk about it anymore. It's just terrible. It's not good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I just, I don't know. Like, they've got... It's just, and, like, we knew that coming in, but, like, they, they've been really bad. I think they, they're actually averaging the least shots per game right now. Yeah, and, like, Doughty and Kopitar are elite. But outside of them, holy shit. Yeah. No Tifoli's one. good. Pardon me? Tifoli's good. Tifoli's yeah, good. Yeah, Tifoli's good. There's Muzzin's still some pieces good. there. Muzzin's solid. Um, it's just, like, their bottom six is just... Who? Yeah, they're missing Pearson, which is... Yeah, and that was always their Pearson's thing, right? Like, de- depth was always their yeah. scene. Their thing, yeah. sorry. And now the guys like Toffoli, who was playing on the third line, moving up to... Whatever place. happened to, like, Dustin Brown, though, eh? Like, he did talk about falling off the radar. I think he was just... I think he was always a little overrated. a lot more hype than... Yeah, exactly. He's a better he playoff player. Like, is he just, like, goes in there and blows He's a great block. guy on your uh, team. Like, you would love to have yeah, him. Yeah, fans just love him, right? It's so funny how he was, like, the C, and now he just doesn't even wear an A. As far as I'm concerned, I don't know. The thing about getting a bunch of hits is that you have to not have the puck to be able to get a hit. Um, so the better players generally aren't usually up there in the hit category. No, I know, but and, he's just he's, he's a nice physical force that a team yeah. needs. Oh, yeah. Like, you can definitely still be a physical player and still have good puck possession. Like, look at me on Nucic, but you're just, like, you're not going to be Matt Martin. You're not going to have seven hits a night. No. Um, he's terrible anyway. Yeah. Exactly. Matt Martin's former team, the New York Islanders, is the team I've, I've been disappointed. Nice yeah, so okay, go for it, sorry. Uh, sorry. But this goes back to even before the season started. I still just cannot figure out why the Islanders put P.A. Parento on waivers. Yeah. Like, they put him on waivers only to let Jason Chimera play with Tavares and Ladd for the first couple games. Like, yeah, why not at least let, like, I know, I heard, I read, blah, 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 blah. Parento didn't look good in the preseason, blah, whatever. I don't care. Why not at least let him start the year with them? And then if he sucks, then you put him on waivers. Don't be like, hey, let's put him on waivers and let Jason Chimera <laughs> play with him. Great idea. Hey, Garth Snow, way to go. So Don dumb. Cherry. Did he just become Tina? Don Cherry? Was that, was that Don Tina? Cherry? Yeah, he just became. Yeah. Was that pretty good, though? No, that was all right. It's ah, okay. Decent. There's enough that we can recognize it being a bad Don Cherry. <laughs> True. The real, the real reason why keeping Parento is a good idea is, again, if he sucks, whatever. But at least gives you some time to look at Ryan Strom, Matthew Barzil, Josh Hosang in the AHL, and at least see if they're ready to play with Tavares, play with Ladd, play those top minutes, 
just buys you some time. Instead, you put Jason shit Mara with him, and you're one in three. You're averaging two point five goals per game. You're a decent team. You should be good. Your goaltending's solid. Halak was playing behind Team Europe and led them into the gold medal game for Christ's sake. Like this should be a good team. But yet instead, you got Jason Chitmera in the top six. I'm just so fired up today. I'm sorry. I can't yeah, help it. He's not impressed with Jason Chitmera being in the top six. No, it was ridiculous. I wouldn't be either if I was him. Well, I think what pissed me off the most, I had to keep tweeting out, like, hey, here's the Islanders' lines. Everyone's like, why is Jason Chitmera in the top six? Is that many like, people care like it was about my, the Islanders? Yeah, dude. Everybody cares about John Tavares. He's the. He's a really good player. I almost said the best, but. So I was gonna say from, that's an overreaction. So far from the truth, uh, but Beebs, it's your time to shine, bro. Yeah, it's uh, it's Twitter time. It's been a while. Twitter um, time. We still got to get like a ah! like a bird. Yeah, con just in the back get time. you doing that every week. I could just go that. with that. Um, yeah, Twitter um, again, guys. Feel free to tweet at us anytime. We'll try to get back to you as quickly as possible, or one of us will get back to you off our side accounts, and that's at DFO Podcast. Um, feel free to give us a follow again. Uh, cool account, so you know. Just pump your Twitter. What is it? Mine's at Beebs Bondi, and then there's that 3D Berthium, and then there's that Brock Segan. So we it's got a couple Brock of Oh, sorry. Uh, I didn't realize this was 2004 MSN Messenger. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. So <laughs> so back to Twitter questions. Uh, thank you guys again for all the questions. We did get a bunch, so we had to cut it down. Um, first question, though, comes from at BarDownFH, and he asks, what's the percent chance of Tampa Bay trading Bishop before slash at the deadline? And then Vasilevsky is looking poised to take over the starting gig. Something we've talked about. Brock, I'll let you uh, jump in there. I'm going to say 5%. The Lightning... Look, the Lightning are win-now mode. Like they Last year, they were willing to gamble with Stamkos to try to win the Cup. Then they gambled with Jonathan Drouin and his super diminishing trade value. As that whole thing went on, his trade value just went down and down and down. So I say they keep Bishop. They keep him fresh. They give Vasilevsky, they've already said the plan is to get Vasilevsky 30 to 35 games. So that leaves 52 games, maybe, for Bishop. They keep Bishop fresh. They try to make a Stanley Cup run. And then if he walks at the end of the year, if he goes to Las Vegas, whatever the case may be, that's fine. I don't think they care. Here's what I'm saying. Would you, if you're a Tampa Bay fan or Steve Eiserman, would you rather win a Stanley Cup and just lose Bishop? Or trade Bishop for something and not win the cup this year. I'd rather win right, the cup. You realize there's like a million special. scenarios in between that, yeah. right? Yeah, probably. There's a ton. But I'm just saying that I just don't think that I don't think that the Lightning are proactively looking to I, trade yeah, Bishop. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. But if we're gonna look at it that way, like, don't you think uh, the like the like say their odds of winning the cup are they really that far diminished with Vasilevsky as their goalie in the playoffs than Bishop? Agree. You know. Like, Maybe is that not. difference enough worth holding on to him but, and, but and getting, getting jack shit? Okay. Yeah. But are they are they? Are but they has that... been one of the better goalies over the last three or four years. But what about if you go in with Bishop and Vasilevsky? That just helps so much. What happens? We've seen Bishop get hurt in the playoffs, and then you turn to Vasilevsky. What happens if they trade Bishop, only go with Vasilevsky, and then Vasilevsky? And then you get Christos Gudelovskis, who's whatever. We've seen him right. play good in... But then you're talking about any other team that could potentially No, for him. sure. I know, but I'm just saying, specifically with Bishop, we've seen... Right. I'm just saying, obviously, like, I think at any other given year, it'd be like, no, like, they're just going to play out of this position of strength that they had. But, like, you know, it's unusual circumstances. I think it's a little bit higher than 5%, but I, I don't know. I can't put a number on it. Steve Eisenman's impossible to read. Yeah, no one ever really knows. 
I just think yeah, that like, for I, I all thought we know, he'll resign him to end. a three-year, like unless he $5 million knew, contract. Yeah, seriously, he'll okay. yeah, he'll just be like, you know, I don't take a massive pay cut, and they won't, and he won't get claimed by Las Vegas. And I just don't, I just don't see him getting dealt. I, everybody, like, it seems like it's all anybody wants to talk about, and I just don't see it. It's just I agree with D. Well, the thing is, there needs to be a like super, there needs to be a super suitable buyer, um, which you know, maybe it's the LA Kings, but like. Um, it, it's know. like even that like doesn't make a Dallas lot of sense, right? Because like he's not like an end of the season patch. Like it's got to be someone who really needs a starting goalie and is competitive enough to want to do it in the middle of the season. Yeah. So and they're gonna have to give up a lot. That's gonna be the hardest part, I think, is finding. The, the only other team that seems like suitable is the Arizona Coyotes, because I think it's just becoming more and more apparent to them that Mike Smith just legitimately cannot stay healthy. Right, but they have to at least be at the point. Like it, to me, it doesn't look at the point where Phoenix is going to be. Phoenix. <laughs> Arizona's going to be to uh to really warrant a mid-season trade for a guy of Bishop's no. perceived caliber. No, unless right. like, it's like a like a sign and trade type of deal, but that doesn't really happen. Yeah, mid-season. So yeah, what's I'm still putting five percent on it. All right. Yeah, Next. I think it's like ten, fifteen. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you I'm know. To, I'm a little more optimistic it'll happen just because, you know, I, I, I'm beginning to think pretty highly of that management team. Yes. Um, and I think they could reasonably – but it all banks on Vasilevsky playing well too. Like you need that reassurance. As small of a sample size as it may yeah, be. Yeah, it's definitely not going to happen early like in the that. year. You have to be able to like kind of at least defend it to the fan base to trade away your starting goalie uh, on a super competitive team. So that'll be interesting for sure. Peeps, question number two. Question number two comes from at Stan Paul eight, and he asks, uh, "Wierenski is he worth picking up over someone like Boychuk? Also, with Line on the first line, where does that leave Ehlers? Uh, definitely Wierenski over Boychuk. Yeah, I don't like Boychuk. Uh, Boychuk has like ten goal, twenty assist upside. Where Wierenski can be like potential forty point player, at least high thirties this year. He has just as much upside, like that that ten goal, twenty assist upside that Boychuk has. He has that, and then more than that." Uh, he's playing nearly 22 minutes a night right now, including over two minutes per night on the power play as well, uh, which is a sizable upgrade from Boychuk's usage. Uh, and he just has significantly more offensive upside. I mean, Boychuk's got a bomb. That's about all he's got. Wierenski just, yep. he, he, he's a very solid all around offensive defenseman, uh, good skater, good puck mover. And yeah, Boychuk hasn't been all that productive at even strength. He just saw some power play time yeah. last year. Yeah, and like he's like he's like a nine goal guy, like whatever, no biggie. Yeah. Where Wierenski has a lot more upside. Yeah, I don't know. If, D, do you have anything else to add to that? No, I agree. Yeah. And then the second part about Line A moving to the first line. I mean, we saw Line A put up a hat trick. Yeah, today. so Line um, A is Line A. He's gonna be. I just pulled the Beebs. Uh, he's gonna be in that top six for sure. He's got a great shot. Uh, I just don't think that it hurt. Like it's gonna hurt Ealer's value not playing with. Uh, Shifley and Wheeler all year, but Ehlers is still a key member of that top six. Ehlers still going to be playing, you know, with the Matthew Perot uh, and Drew Stafford or something along those lines, Kyle Connor, whatever they want to do with their lines. He's still going to be valuable. He's still going to see ample power play time. I don't think it hurts Ehlers' value that much. I think it was kind of expected, right? Yeah, I think like it hurts Ehlers' value, but I think like it does a lot more, obviously, for for Line's value, like. It increases Line A's value a lot more than it hurts Ehlers' value, in my opinion. Like, yeah, I just don't think Ehlers constant. takes that big of a hit. And like, I still think, like, whatever, you know, Line is still and a like, rookie. It's we, still, we could be talking in a week from now, and Line A could go pointless for the next week, and then all of a sudden Ehlers is back up there with him. It's too early to tell. 
I'm not dropping the Ehlers at all. He's way too talented for that. No, but the other thing we said about Ehlers is that either way, like, he wasn't a sure bet. Like, he was just a guy that we all think really highly of and clearly has a lot of skill uh, with yeah. potential to break out. Yeah. And uh, if it doesn't happen, you know, it doesn't happen, I guess. Question number three, Beeps. Number three comes from at the Mike Grimm, and he asks, Rick Nash, worth holding, and then will Pastor Nash stay on the top line and earn more power play time? Uh, for me, Rick Nash's value is going to be directly tied to his usage. Uh, he had no points in his first two games on the third line, and then he had uh, a goal in his first game on the top line with Buchnevich out. Uh, I'm not sure what he did tonight against the Red Wings. I don't think he had anything. No. Uh, but I think he will eventually just kind of work his way back into that top six for good. Uh, Buchnevich, nice preseason. He's going to start there with Zabanjad and Kreider. He's out right now. As long as Rick Nash plays well, I think he's gonna. I think he's earned a spot in that top six. Um, but if we see him, like I wouldn't be dr- cutting ties with him right now. But if we see him stuck uh, on the third line, then you gotta, you know, you gotta look for other options. Um, and then as far as Pasternak goes, Pasternak, we talked about him a ton in the preseason about being a breakout candidate again. Uh, for me, I think Pasternak will, re- will remain on that second power play unit for the majority of the year, uh, but he's still averaging 22-22, or sorry, 222 uh, power play ice time per game, um, along with first jo- first line usage, which is enough for me to make him a roster role player. Uh, Pasternak is probably cracking 50 points this year, in my estimation. Yeah. Do you have anything else? Uh, no, like I think Rick Nash is definitely still rosterable. Yeah. Uh, I think his floor is still rosterable, even if that's all he puts up this season. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. It's only you, been three it, games. Yeah. No, like that's this whole episode, no, right? Yeah, like, exactly. No. Yeah. It's been three games. That's going to be the title of the episode. It's only been three games. Yeah. yeah uh, like but, it. ladies and gentlemen, that is it for episode number 37 of the Daily Face Off podcast. For Beebs Bonnie and Dylan D. Berthium, I'm Brock Segan. We'll see you guys back here next week. Make sure you Talking you know you, you you hop onto iTunes, give us a nice review. You also listen to the Daily Dose with me. Hopefully, Beebs and D will join me every now and again to give you guys some daily fantasy advice as well. But let's fire it over to the Blue Stones. Have a good night. Peace. Bye.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. 